be too heavy and too disgusting. So what happens when we disconnect from facts or as science would probably describe it as, you know, strong theories, which we lay people will call facts, and truth, as best as we can ascertain it, um, no longer have much, much sway, or at least not enough sway for us to move in an intelligent direction. And I'm talking about from the Exxon Mobil, knowing as far back as I believe of the 60s, that burning fossil fuels was bad for people. There's studies that say it, their own studies, and somewhere along the line they decided they weren't going to uh, acknowledge that anymore and they were actually going to hire lawyers that would deny it. And then they <laughs> I guess it must have been later than the 60s because they hired the lawyers that had worked for the cigarette companies. Same doctors, too. That were saying that cigarettes weren't bad for your health either. Actually, David Kaiser of the Rockefeller Foundation says it started in the late 70s, but they had knowledge of the harm done previous to that. The denials didn't kick in. Now we got all this stuff with the fake news. People in these little information silos, filter bubbles, trapped with, you know, in a world where the information confirms whatever your bias already is. And people feel comforted that way. And intelligent people can be just as guilty and you find out that your body gets a little, like, endorphin kick. Let's listen to a call between the greatest newscaster in America today, Rob Lorai, and one of his callers named Nick. Nick has an obvious problem with information literacy. He cannot determine good sources from bad, as demonstrated in this phone call. Uh, broadcast on WMNF in Tampa. 88.5. How are you today? How are you feeling? Oh, awesome. Good, Nick. Great day to be in America. We're going to take our country back from the liberals who've been trying to turn it into a socialist country. But, you know, the lady said that he won oh, Michigan by 11,000 votes. The judge stopped the recount. You know why? Because in Detroit, he found out that they were counting the votes six times. Six times. Well, Nick, where did Nick, where did you get that? Nick, where did you get that information from? Because what, what we reported here. Right, right off Breitbart, the best website. Right.
Hyde Park? Yeah. And, and so, you know, Amy Goodman and, and uh, Greg Pallister were reporting that something was weird about uh, Detroit in that uh, people... <laughs> well, Nick, hold on just a sec. Uh, that about 67,000 people or so chose not to vote for president in one of the most interesting presidential elections ever. And so Pallister uh, uh, still thinks something's wrong with the vote, uh, vote around uh, Detroit. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Can I come for the call, Office? I just have one question for you. Are you going to keep... No, no. What, what do you think about Greg Palace's report uh, that uh, it's mysterious why 67,000 people didn't vote for the president? All I can tell you is the judge reported that Detroit was counting the votes six times. The reason for my call... Yeah, but, it, but if, if Breitbart is reporting that, Nick, do you seriously trust Breitbart? Are you, are, are you serious about that, that you trust Breitbart? Media news that you rely NPR is the worst. They lie every single day, all day long. All right, well, give me an example. <laughs> I'll give you some examples where Breitbart has told some untruths, but uh, give me an example where NPR has, has lied all day long. Well, they told us Hillary was going to win, didn't they? No, they didn't. They said they, they, the NPR doesn't, you know, report that Hillary is going to win. That is not a report you're ever going to hear on NPR. They're going to quote people who have opinions about the outcome of the race, and sometimes people are going to say Trump's going to win, and sometimes people are going to, you know, some of those people they quote are going to say Hillary's going to win, but they don't, they don't lie all day long. I mean, can you give me an example of what day of the year they lied all day long? Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. All right, Nick hung up. Thanks, Nick. Uh, always good to hear from you. When you find something that you feel supports what you're saying, right, it will support it. it you, know, you don't just feel that it supports it. Well, you might. But it, it, it does support whatever you think. There's a certain little rush you get there. Satisfaction, I guess. side repeatedly and, you know like all these people had, how many times have we been told that it was going to be the end of the world and then the end doesn't come it's been my observation that a lot of times people just start looking for more evidence that the end is going to come they just changed the date. And when you got ice sheets melting right in front of you, as predicted, beginning to think Nietzsche was right. And it's just about will. I mean, we've got a, a, a president-elect who just outright contradicts himself continuously, but still gets elected. So that shows the truth and facts don't really matter. You know, you're not allowed to use hairspray anymore because it affects the ozone. You know that, right? I said, you mean to tell me, because you know, hairspray is not like it used to be. It used to be real good. When I put on that helmet, and by the way, look, it really is mine, right? Look at me. Right? My hair. Give me a mirror. But Give me a mirror. But no, in the old days, you put the hairspray on, it was good. Today you put the hairspray on, it's good for 12 minutes, right? But, you know, they say that you can't, I said, wait a minute. So if I take hairspray, and if I spray it in my apartment, which is all sealed, and 
You're telling me that affects the ozone layer? Yes. I say, no way, folks. No way. Okay. Hairspray's not like it used to be. It used to be real good. When I put on that helmet, and by the way, look, it really is mine, right? Say, wait a minute. Give me a little spray. Give me, wait a minute. You're telling me that affects the ozone layer? Yes. Say, wait a minute. I say, no way, folks. No way. Okay. Give me a little spray. I said, you mean to tell me? Because you know, hairspray's not like it used to be. It used to be real good. Real good. When I put on that helmet, and by the way, look, it really is, it really is mine, right? You know, it's funny. I feel like the media, our society, the people that I generally listen to are starting to live in the world that I live in. I was reading a letter that Ken Burns wrote back to... Uh, Natalie Weiss in a letter to Ken Burns he wrote a letter in response to a letter she had written to uh, a graduation speech he had given and one of the things he says is don't despair find like-minded people not from your social circle but everywhere change opinions of others not with ridicule, but reason. And the thing is, I've been spending a huge part of my life trying to change people's opinion with reason. It doesn't work. This whole election is an example that reason is not the way to go. Truth, facts, reason, all failed. And that's what's so hard to get used to. And I don't know, I feel like these people are just way behind. What we're dealing with is not influenced by reason. It undermines reason, it's emotion all the way. And emotion trumps reason every time. Okay. trouble with this post-logical thinking era that we appear to be moving into. I keep telling myself that I'm going to uh, change my style. It'd be a lot easier if you don't have to worry about facts and verifications and truth and fairness. Just come up with a narrative. Or, in some cases, no narrative at all. 
blank slate, let people fill in what they want. myself going back and doing research and old things trying to figure out, you know, how authoritarians come to power, what's the best way to respond to them, how artists survive or don't, as the case may be, at least with their integrity intact. And I keep running into illogic. Got my, you know, I keep going back to like my critical thinking class, and you know, what are the strongest arguments and the weakest arguments? And the weakest argument is an ad hominem attack, which uh, is the tool that our president-elect used to get into the position that he's in: lying, Ted, crooked Hillary. Actually, all the things he is that he projects on. Uh, and then I've got perfectly nice people who just disgusted with the system, so they voted for Trump. And you try to point out about what happened with the Russians and their plan to make the Democrats look bad so Trump could win. And then they go, well, they, Hillary shouldn't have used a private server. And I didn't even bother to make the argument that it wasn't Hillary's private server. As a matter of fact, that was safer than the DNC's. But there's not a point at this moment. It has to come up with a new technique. Logic and, and reason are uh, losing their influence. I mean, I know emotion always trumps reason, but usually the emotions subside, and then rational thinking takes its place. But our uh, president-elect seems to be a master of constantly boiling the emotions, both of his supporters and his detractors. I mean, at this point, we've been watching his appointments to the cabinet. A lot of Wall Street people. Long-time Republicans. Establishment Republicans. A lot of military guys. Not a good sign when you have an authoritarian uh, tendency already. Lots of billionaires. And then, of course, we've got his disgusting relationship with Vladimir Putin. And I just did not get any comfort from uh, the argument that one woman made a Trump supporter said that she trusted his ego is so big that he's not going to make any wrong moves that'll be bad for America, because if that was bad for America, it would make Trump look bad. He doesn't want to look bad. 
seems like they're granting a lot of, well, first off, a lot of uh, positiveness to uh, ego, something we tend to like to have people keep in check to a degree. And second off, Trump's intelligence. And after all these bankruptcies and stuff, I don't know if he's smart in any conventional way. Certainly not in the way that Vladimir Putin is. I've been working so hard to avoid narrative, I feel like it's all narratives are misleading. But it seems like that's the only way to go. Myth and narrative, appeals to emotion, ad hominem attacks. That seems to be what's selling this year. Maybe rather than going to a philosophy class or a critical thinking class, you just go to PR. Thanks, television.